0: strategize together let's hear it from an expert join the conversation it's informative and free you and me let's talk some strategy now here's your host Doreen Morin Van Dam. Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Doreen Morin Van Dam, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Strategy Talks. We are episode two of season two. Um, early January, and we're so glad that you're here. If you're here live, say hello in the comments. Let us know where you're watching us from, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We're live on all these different places. If you happen to watch us on the replay, we want to know that as well. Put hashtag replay in the comments. And last but not least, for those who are with us on the podcast, Strategy Talks, we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. So today's guest is Amanda Webb. Amanda from Spider Working works with businesses to improve their digital marketing ROI. When you don't know if your marketing is bringing sales or don't know how to get more sales, she's a person to turn to. Her content on the Spider Working blog has won her awards nationally and internationally, and she just loves to talk marketing like we do right here on Strategy Talks. She's written for international websites, including Social Bakers, Social Media Examiner, and Agora Pulse. and when she's not working, she loves Doctor Who, uh, playing with her cats and watching films. So without much further ado, Amanda, welcome. Hello. Hello. And can I just say that you have the
1: best intro music ever before we start? I <laughs> uh, just have to say thank you, if you released it
0: as a single. I think we'd all buy it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's actually my very, very talented son who wrote that for me. He's a musician And a songwriter, and he writes jingles. And um, yeah, he wrote that last year, and I absolutely love it. Thank you. I'll I'll give him the compliments. Um, So we have some people here already. That's awesome. I see that Jenna is here and um, Syed. So hi. So that's wonderful to see you from India, and people are here from Facebook and on LinkedIn. So, Amanda, we're going to talk about ROI and digital marketing. And, you know, this is like, In our business, and especially I'm in, you're you're in digital marketing, but I'm more in, in even a pigeonhole social media and organic social media. So let's start with ROI. What does that mean? And ROI and digital marketing, what do we need to know about return on investment? So I suppose I want to really start with a story
1: because I've been doing this whole, I started with social media. So I used to be the social media person for a long time. And for many, many years, I was just plugging away. Some stuff would work, some stuff wouldn't work. I wouldn't really know what it was. And then I don't know why. But one day I just went, I want to work less hours, so I need to know more <laughs> about what is actually working. Where should I be focusing my time to make sure that I make sales, but I don't have to work? Because I was like blogging three times a week. I had a podcast. I had a YouTube channel. I had a Facebook. You know, I had everything. And I sure. know a lot of marketers. I know I'm not alone Are there. So I started thinking, I need to really learn to understand my analytics. Sure. I need to understand where my customers are coming from, which pieces of content that I'm creating are resonating with them so that they they build that trust. And that's essentially what ROI is. It stands for return on investment. And I think a lot of people just think that's money. But in my case, it wasn't money. I, I know you do organic social. I'm very much organic. I don't have a huge ad spent. I spend a little bit. So it really was, where was I going to invest my time and my energy where I would get the best results without having to work weekends or work late nights. And that's it. That's, that's what it stands for and really just delving into those analytics, but not just analytics because analytics can tell you most stuff, but not everything, but delving in and just understanding what's working for you is,
0: is basically what I help people with. That's awesome. So what, what should a business owner Measure, And I love that you just touch on time. It's not just about, you know, like, and and, and I've done this, you know, probably about four years ago, five years ago in my business. So I I understand you did the same thing is like, what services that do you offer that make you the most money? So do more of that and less of the little stuff that takes up your time and doesn't actually give you income. So what is it that we measure and how do we do that?
1: So I always start with time because um, if you're a a small business owner or if you're a marketer, a, a single marketer in a business, which is a lot of the people that I work for, you know, your time is the most important thing. So to do that, I use Toggle, which a lot of you might know as being like for freelancers to work how much time they're spending on client work. But I actually use it for my entire day to see where my time is going. For my entire day so how much time am i spending browsing social media how much time am i spending looking at emails which when you when you ease yourself off social media that's the next one you go <laughs> when well, i'm not looking at social email is more important how much time are you actually spending on client work how much time does it take you to write a blog post and it can be quite shocking when you start doing that because the world is so full of distra- distractions. When you're stopping that timer every time you get distracted, you can find that actually in your eight, ten, 10 hour day, however long it is that you work. I work somewhere in between that. You may only be working like four hours. The rest of the time is distractions or you're jumping from one thing to another. So I found Toggle great for seeing where I'm spending my time. But also it's really kicked me. It's gone You need to be really focusing on the work so that you can finish work earlier. So that's the first thing I would do. I love that you talked about like abandoning the services that aren't turning money. And I think this is a mistake a lot of like specifically social media marketers make is they try and do a bit of everything. Mm. So for those years when I was working all those hours, I was doing a little bit of this and somebody say, can you do this? And I go, "Okay." and somebody go, oh, can you create a graphic for me? And I go, "Okay." And I was doing all these little bits of work that weren't really adding up if I was working an eight hour day, weren't adding up to a decent income. So you need to kind of go, right, what is it that I do? So that's the next thing. What is it that I am going to do for my clients? If you're a social media manager, for example, or if you're a marketer, what is it that I can do for this business that is going to like result in more sales, better quality of work that you're doing? And that means there's going to be more profit. So
0: that's that's the second thing. Okay, so can we can we pause there for a sec um, and talk about those who don't offer services? Say that you have a product and you have some people working for you, or maybe you're doing it by yourself. Maybe you have an awesome product and you you're everything. You're doing the the sales, the buying, the shipping, the you know. When you have a tool like Toggle, that to me seems like would also help you figure out. Where you need to hire, right? Where you need to make your first hire, is that something that you would recommend doing as well? If you're like doing a, a, either a product or you know a, a different type of business owner, right? You're a small business owner that doesn't provide. So say you're a restaurant, you know, say you own a restaurant. Um, would something like Toggle help you there as well, even if you don't do everything digital?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I really think Toggle can, <laughs> I don't work for them. I just thought i make them. <laughs> no,
0: that's fine. <laughs>
1: I think you know toggle is I think like even if you didn't run a business it would be useful for your life to see where you're spending your time and where you can you know fit things in and stuff that you're doing exactly to make a hire to hire a VA you know is updating all your product pages that might be something that you do and you're writing all the copy yourself and we all know that takes ages. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could hire a copywriter who'd do a better job and it would free you up to do more sales or spend more time on your SEO or spend more time on creating ads, you know,
0: or maybe that's something that you want to outsource. It's, it, it works incredibly well. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I have a very quick story that I want to throw in here for those of you who have um, families and are balancing this, you know, either freelance life or small business life, and especially those marketers online. My first outsource was hiring um, a house cleaner. (laughs) And so for me, that that was the chore that would get done last. And that allowed me to free up probably six hours a week to do a little bit more work. And I was more than paying for that person to come clean my house. Plus it relieved me of stress. And then I was able to invest those hours back into my business. So think outside the box there too. If you're watching this and you're trying to find hours, think outside the box of what are the things that you don't like doing, what can you outsource, not necessarily business related. And so that's why I was asking you about um, timeline for, or using toggle in life, which is you Mm -hmm. said, absolutely. So if we are looking at marketing, what kind of data should we know as business owners? What should we ask for if we have somebody else giving us data Or what should we look for if we're the ones trying to find it? That's the hardest question for businesses, isn't it? Because
1: I know, you know, a lot of the people that you outsource to will over deliver on the data, which ends up just confusing you. So I do tend to tell businesses, go back to your agency and ask them for this, this, and this. So things like firstly, your audience, you know, who you want to reach. Are you actually reaching those people? For me, that's a really important thing to look at. Mm -hmm. So, You know, when I go into Google Analytics, for example, you can split your audience. You can do comparisons of your audience by um, demographics. So like where they live. So I can see I live in Ireland. Ireland and the UK is my largest market. So what's all this traffic from the US doing? And I can look and I can see, are those people visiting my service pages, for example? So if there's lots of people from the United States visiting my service pages, that's great news because that means maybe I should market myself there. Turns out they're not. They're just reading my blog, which is great, but none of them converting. Very few of them are converting into leads by the lead magnets I have embedded there. So that tells me at the moment, stick with my focus. Not that if you're in the United States, I'm delighted to work with you, but to focus my attention on the UK and Ireland, which is where the traffic that converts come from. And I think that's somewhere we can easily get confused because if I look I'll go, oh, look at all that traffic that's coming in. Whoa, look at all that traffic from the United States. Unless I delve into it further, I could make a really bad marketing decision to go and like promote more stuff there. You know, that's, that's kind of, it helps you know where your focus should be and what you should be paying attention to. I so love that. <laughs> things like setting up a webinar, you know, I used to always set up a webinar at a time where all oh, the time zones crossed. So, you know, between 4 p.m. and 6 p.m., like Irish time would be a good time for East Coast, for West Coast, and for the UK and Ireland. And then I just realized no Americans were coming. So what I was doing was inconveniencing my UK and
0: Irish crowd. So now I I can focus in the right area, if that makes sense. Right. And I also want to do a shout out for your um, digital coffee that you do Fridays. And you do that, obviously, at UK and Ireland time. It's 10 a.m. Is it 10 a.m.? Or 9.30
1: a.m. Sorry, Yeah,
0: so it's early in the morning for you, which is coffee time, which makes sense. Uh, But it's not really geared towards people in the U.S. because we're sleeping. So that makes complete sense. I sometimes watch it on the replay because you have some great information. um, And I know that of where I can find it. But that makes sense. So your data lets you make smart marketing decisions. I think that is a really, really good point that you just made. Um, So... You said that you would, if you're working with clients, you might tell them to go to their agency and ask for basic information. You started with audience. What else do people need to know? What should they know? What should they ask their agency for if they're working with somebody? So this sounds crazy,
1: but I see these ad reports, Google ad reports from agencies with pages and pages of information when all that you really need to know is how much have you spent in total? Right. And how much have you made? In total, you know, your spend, including the agency fee, obviously, how much have you made? And you don't really need to know your click through rate or your cost per click. And I think even if you're an agency giving that to clients, they're only going to start going quibbling or talking to you and asking you what all this stuff means. So really, you need to know how much money you're spending, including the agency fee, how much money you're making. And I know, you know, Google ads may not work the first month. It might take a few months to go. But as long as as an agency, you're priming your customer. And as a customer, you're understanding that it will take a little while for it to take off. That's fine. But what tends to happen is you get like graphs and charts and cost per click. And I met this many men and this many women. When I used to run, so this was one of the services that I axed <laughs> when I was being smart. When I used to run Facebook ads, You know, most clients just wanted that. And then I give them recommendations. I'd give them like, you know, do more of this. We'll do a little bit more of this. I'm going to test this next month. Maybe you could do a bit of this on organic and just Mm -hmm. a list of recommendations. If they wanted a a more detailed report, of course, I give it to them. But most of them were just overwhelmed by that, you know, that simple thing. So I think that's what you want to look for. If you want a little bit more, ask to see samples of the ads that are working and the ones that aren't. For example, I'm talking about an ads agency here um, because that can help. I kind of assume people do their own organic. Mm -hmm. Um, So that can help you with your organic stuff. If you can see which ads are working, that can help inform your organic strategy as well. Yeah. So the type of people that are converting is useful. the amount of money that you're
0: spending, the return that you're getting on that. All right. Awesome. So with that right information. So with the right information, you can make smart marketing decisions. And you just talked about, you know, taking what's working on paid social to organic. That makes a lot of sense. Right. So it's, and it, and it works vice versa too. And I just want to point that out. Right. And you, you're going to, you, you're just about to say that, but when you have (laughs) good organic social and it works well, you can also say to your agency, Hey, this stuff is out of the ballpark can you use this as an ad, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I am like all about organic, as you know, like I, like I think both you and I have been in marketing that long that it used to all be organic. So we know how it works and we know how it can work. But having the two slotting together is really important. No, you don't want completely different messaging going out organically as you are by your ads. So definitely having an integrated strategy there. And yes, what works organically is more likely to work in an ad so that can actually be a great testing round.
0: All right, so you were talking about when you were talking about ads, you were talking about Google ads, right is so let's talk about that real quick. Um, every, I actually analyzed and this is a funny story, I analyzed my podcasts from last year. And the top five episodes, four of them had the word ad in the title. Wow. So they were about Facebook ad, Google ads, you know, ads, revenue, LinkedIn ads. So those were the things that people want to know about, right? So you just talked about Google ads. If somebody comes to you and says, I've got an ad budget, I've done organic social what do I do next? What is the process of helping them decide whether to go to Google ads or Facebook ads or LinkedIn? Does it depend on what they're selling? Does it depend on their budget? How would you go about that? Because um, there might be some people listening that are, you know, really strong on or an or, or organic and ready to dip their toe into, you know, some paid. And where should they go?
1: I guess I've been talking a lot about Google ads because I'm really into my analytics and the Google analytics and they slot together really well, but I am no means an expert in Google ads. So I'm just gonna precursor what I say with that. (laughs) I I am a social ads person. I started out in social media, so it was the natural progression. I think the main thing is, firstly, are you a service-based business? Are you a product-based business? I, I think product-based ads can work everywhere, but there is, and you've probably heard a million people say this before, there's a different intent. If somebody is searching on Google, so I was searching on Google. <laughs> I saw this girl, I was in Dublin, and she was wearing these most amazing trousers. They were black and purple striped downwards. And I was like, I want a pair of those trousers. So I went on to Google and I searched purple and black stripy trousers. And of course, right at the top, you've got your product results. And, you know, that is beautiful. That is if somebody wants a pair of blue and black, purple and black striped trousers and they type it into Google, those product results are gold. So that's going to be a mixture because you can get so I believe you can get some organic things in there, but it's a mixture between your Google ads and your organic there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy those, right, as if I can find a supplier in Ireland long story (laughs) i'm going to buy those there's there's no two ways about it because my intent by typing it into google was i want to buy these trousers if i'm on facebook there's no way i'm searching for that but if an ad popped up so maybe one of those suppliers knows i visited their website so an ad might pop up for those purple and black trousers and that will persuade me to buy or because i follow that shop on facebook and it has way loads more cool things apart from these trousers (laughs) it's like Because I follow them, I'm more likely to click through their ads and buy something because that's the style of clothing that I like. So that's the kind of the difference between the the two. So both work. If your services and like I like working with service based businesses, it does get a little bit more technical. So firstly, are people searching for what you offer? At the Hmm. moment, I'm looking at Google Ads one because I want to see the integration in Google Analytics. I can use the Google test account, but it's not as much fun as when it's your own. So I'm looking, well, people are searching to do Google Analytics training, and I have Google Analytics training. That's a lot of what I'm doing now. So if people are searching for it, it seems like a good fit for Google Ads. So I might split my ad budget that for Direct sales, I'll go to the Google ads. But for things like my lead magnets, which are designed to bring people onto my email list and do a slower sale, I'd use Facebook ads because right. it's not a sale. It's something that I know my audience will be interested in. And it's almost saying this person is the right person for your product without selling. So nobody's going to go, all right, yes, I'm, <laughs> I saw this ad on Facebook, never heard of her before. I'm going to click this button and buy a high ticket item. Right. But they will sign up for a free lead magnet. Now you mentioned LinkedIn. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. It really, you know, I I believe that LinkedIn ads work, but I think you have to have a really high ticket item because they are expensive. They are, <laughs> they are right. very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And I've run tests. I mean, I got I did a test like Facebook against LinkedIn. I was hoping that with LinkedIn I get better quality leads even if I was paying a lot of money. No. no. <laughs> so, but having said that, I'm just tipping, dipping right. my toe in LinkedIn ads. And I know if you've got like machinery you sell, for example, that's very niche, that would be perfect for LinkedIn ads. Or if you've got products that they're in the tens of thousands, you've got a lot of budget that you can afford to spend in order to still get your return on investment.
0: Right, and I've interviewed two LinkedIn experts and they said their budget, they don't work with anybody that doesn't have at least 2,500 a month to spend on LinkedIn ads. And um, also for people like recruiters, it works really well having the ads out there. So that makes sense. I want to say hi to Alma, who's here from the Philippines and Diego. Um, Diego is in Suriname. So we've got a very international crowd, India and Philippines and Suriname and the US. So we've got all kinds of people here. Amanda, let's talk about that Google analytics. You have some training um, and I know there's something called is it Google
1: G4? Yeah, so I I think I'm the freak here because I love GA4. What what is GA4? Is Google Analytics four? So we've all been running pretty much the same version of analytics on our websites forever. They they do update it. The interface, you know, we get updated or they change things. And but it all happened within the same place. You didn't have to do anything. It just kind of, you might click a few buttons, but it would automatically update. But what Google Analytics for is a completely new system. So you actually need to install it on your website again, Now, you can run it alongside your original analytics while you're making a transition, but it's a new piece of code that you need to put on your site. It's not going to happen automatically. And it's because it is completely different. They've changed the names of things, which is obviously very confusing for people. They've changed the layout of things. Because I've been using it almost exclusively for a year now, because I was going, I'm just going all in on this. I actually love it. I think it's much better, but I know Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of people out there that do. The problem is there's a really big deadline coming up, which is the 1st of July. On the 1st of July, Google is going to stop collecting data in the original analytics, which is known as universal analytics. So from that date onwards, that's going to be useless to you. You're going Mm. to need to have Google Analytics for there, in which case you should probably learn how it works now. (laughs) It's kind of, that's kind of it.
0: All right. So I actually have um, a couple of clients who we work with Google Analytics and they have GA4 set up. So that is wonderful. And their webmaster did it. Um, So we have them both running simultaneously. You're correct. Um, For my own website, I haven't done that because I didn't realize they were two separate things. So that's a great tip. If you're watching this and you haven't done that next piece of code before July 1, you have to add that. Like Amanda said, you can run them simultaneously um, and then the other one will go away. So actually, this is a great time for me to put this banner up. If you want to know more about what Amanda is teaching and what she's doing, go to spiderworking.com forward slash strategy talks. Uh, she's got all our information on there for you. Um, I highly recommend it. I have been, like I said, in both, um, and they it is a little bit different, and it's it's harder to get around. So for sure, um, you know, if you if you want to know more and if you are a marketer, and you need to give data to your clients, even if you're doing organic social, like I am, or if you're doing content strategy, content marketing, you still need to have this data to give to your clients. Um, there's lots of data with blogging. You just mentioned blogging, Amanda, which um, I'm a big fan of blogging. Um, that's the like the original content, right? I think we're actually coming back to that. What do you think yeah. about that? Um, well, I've just started blogging again after a big hiatus. So, um,
1: yeah i think a lot of people are are seeing the value but it's got so much harder than when i used to do it because there's so much more so many more people doing it and upping the game so it's like yeah you have to have to spend a bit more time yeah
0: well and and this is completely off focus but what about using ai to write some stuff on your blog, have you tried that we, yet? We
1: have to kind of talk about it, don't we? Because it's yeah, a do. marketing topic. I yeah. I actually love Chat GPT. Yeah, I've got yeah. the char- characters the right yeah. way around. Yeah, I use it every day, but I don't, I'm not, I did get it to write a when it first came out or when it was first being hailed as the next YouTube thing to write a, a page to persuade people to sign up to my newsletter. And I was really impressed with what it came up with. But I'm not trying to do anything special with that. <laughs> Just, mm. I gave it also what I wanted, including in the page. I think for blogging, you can't do that. So instead of using it to write, I do things like, you know, come up with the title for and then, you know, what should I include in this blog post? Or, mm. you know, I come up or can you find... Um, what articles should I read if I'm interested in this? And it will come up with a whole bunch. And then it's doing my research for me. Instead of me searching Google, Exactly. coming up with it. Yeah.
0: And I have found that when you do a blog, you know, I I have a process where I separate um, all the paragraph and I give them headings before I write them. So I'll do like, um, you know, para- this is an opening paragraph about this topic with this title. What should I include in that? Or here is the middle paragraph where all the data is in is there any data this is missing? So I am using it breaking up. I'm not saying, hey, can you write a blog post for me? Right. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the research part is huge. That's really fun. Um, and, and so I'm glad to hear that you're, you're using that as well. Um, I see that um, Ines is here as well from Suriname. So we've got a really big international crowd. crowd. That's really amazing. So ROI and digital marketing. Before we leave, we've got just a few minutes. Amanda, I'm going to put the banner back up. If people want to know more about um, you know, data, um, ROI, they can definitely connect with you. But is there anything you want to leave people with? Somebody who might be worried about um, Google Analytics 4 or somebody who might be out in left field and like, I've never looked at my data. I'm just doing stuff and posting. Any, any parting words, anything that you can make them feel better or get them started or you know, any wise words? I know that at some point you and I got started a long time ago, right? And, you know, there's probably some, some truth, some stories there that are helpful to somebody who is, you know, where we were 10, 12 years ago. Um, Any, any words of wisdom that you want to share with our audience?
1: So firstly, I know it's very scary to log into Google Analytics, whichever version is there. So I'm going to say the thing that you've heard from everyone, which is, The numbers, as in having a large number, isn't the important thing. What's really important is having people who buy from you. And I want to just give you this as an example. You were talking about the digital coffee earlier on, and there's a link to that in that page that I'm sending people to. So that's a show I've been doing every year for, I think it's eight years this year. Might be seven, might be eight. Like almost every Friday. And if you watch the show, you'll see there's not that many people watching. There might be 10. I can see them watching from everywhere. I might say there's 11 people watching every week. That doesn't seem like it's worth the four hours a week that I spend putting into it. And plus, I outsource some stuff. It doesn't seem like it from the outside because the numbers aren't big. But every single client I get, for every single high-paying client I get, will tell me they enjoy watching the digital coffee. So don't be carried away by getting big numbers. Don't be like, how many how many visits should I get to my website? Just benchmark against your, yourself. Look at how many sales you're getting compared to the activity on your website. So if you're getting 2,000 people visit your website and you get one sale, you know, that that's one sale for every 2000 visits. So, can you increase that? Instead of having to look at all the data, that's just one thing that you could look at. That's benchmarking against yourself. If you manage to get two out of 1000 next month, that means you've improved by 100%, right? So, just Focus on what you're doing. Don't think about big numbers. Just look at how many sales you're getting compared to how much time and energy you're putting in and money if you're spending on your ads as well. Yeah.
0: And I just heard you say something else and I totally agree. My My strategy talks, podcast and live show has been referenced by all my new clients as a yeah. source of, you know, there's a the content. But um, what I also heard you say is like, listen to what they're saying. Right. So it's it's the data, but also the words they use, because both you and I have heard that from our clients that, you know, this is the content that attracted me or this is I see you being consistent every week, which is what I hear. Um, So there is some data in that, guys. Be visible. Right. And then um, benchmark against yourself. Amanda, this was fantastic. We are right at the half hour. I'm going to leave that link up there for another second um so spiderworking.com amanda you're going to be at social media marketing world I in am. march in i, can't
1: I wait. know
0: <laughs> we'll see each other in just a short two months i'm excited to meet back up with you and um, for those of you who come and see us every week i'll be back next week with another guest i appreciate you so much being here live with us today And um, for now, I'm going to say goodbye and um, we'll see you all soon. And go check out Amanda at spiderworking.com forward slash strategy talks for all the information that you need. Thank you, Amanda. Bye.